Enoch, you ready? Yes, I am. Anchorman, you ready? I am ready. Rainman, you ready? Ready. Welcome to Gospel Defenders, episode 14. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord and bless his name. Tell of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works among all the peoples. For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the people are worthless idols. But the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. Man, I'm going to tell you what. What was that, Psalm 96? That was Psalm 96, verses 1 through 6. I don't know what fires me up more, Psalm 96 or Phil Collins. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, Andy? Oh, I know. I'm going to say Psalm 96. Okay, yeah, that's probably good since we're on like a Christian uh, podcast program. Yeah, we should go with Psalm 96. I felt like we jumped back to like 1989. Oh, we did. We got in a time machine. We went way back. Like, way back. You know, this is actually a song from one of the uh, movies during my childhood that was one of my favorites. It was early 90s, I think. Uh, it had the Corys in it, Corey Helms, Corey Feldman. It was called uh, Dream a Little Dream. Dream a Little Dream. Which I think is going to kick us off into our topic today, which was very uh, voodoo-ish kind of movie. Yeah, because the movie, I remember the movie, it was about the they body switched. Yes. and um, Which is very uh, kind of new age kind of witchcraft voodoo-ish voodoo-ish didn't he switch with like an older man in the movie I'm pretty sure it was the older man he switched and he wanted to get back to I think so yeah it was was a weird take on like was it Freaky Friday did the same thing oh yeah yeah with the mom and the daughter switch. There's been a couple of movies that have done that. But I just remember Corey Feldman doing like the best Michael Jackson that's, yeah. impersonation ever. Which so, uh, I'm pretty good doing the moonwalk on the wood floor with socks. <laughs> Today we have a special guest with us. We have our missionary pastor who we're going to introduce here in a moment from Haiti. And we're going to be talking about the theme for our episode today, the theme of missions. And because we're talking about missions in the context of Haiti, one of our big, big obstacles is voodoo. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was waiting for the drums to kick in there. That would have been awesome. Yeah. Here it comes. Almost. Oh. We still got, we got a little bit more to go. So you can tell you haven't listened to this song since 1989. Yeah, no, is it 89? I don't know. <laughs> it's been a long probably, time. Well, I can tell you the movie was 1989. So, oh. so it's probably right around that time. So it's probably 88, 87, because they had to do it while they were filming it. So. Hey, let's do a little introduction right quick. All right. Uh, hey, everybody, this is Jesse the Radical. Robert the Rain Man. Andy the Anchor Man. Pastor Enoch, a missionary from Haiti. Hey, hey. I, I wanted to see what he was going to say. You know what I'm saying? Does he give himself a nickname? Pastor <laughs> Enoch. Enoch, if you had a nickname, what would it be? Nickel. Uh, nickel? Nickel. Nickel. Enoch the Nickel. Enoch the Nickel. Mm. Now, does that mean anything different in Haiti than what we no, take it? Just, no, just five cent piece. Five cent piece. Always giving five. <laughs> why don't we call it? Why don't we go somewhere along like with the goods? You know, the goods, the yeah. Haitian, this part of the Haitian currency is the good. 
or uh, well, let's call him Enoch the Goodman. Enoch the Goodman. Enoch the Goodman. The Goodman. The Goodman. Goodman. The Goodman. I like that. I like that. All right. Because enough. he is a good man. That's Eno- right. That's enough right. of uh, Phil Collins. Um, I can only take so much 80s music. But I, I, I do really like 80s music. Well, I appreciate the drums. That was You know, they don't make it like that anymore. No. So, um, Enoch, we're glad you're with us, especially for our podcast episode today. Um, how long have you been missionary with Friendship Baptist so far? It's been uh, three years. Three um, years. Amen. Amen. And you're for our new listeners, you're in Haiti. Uh, when you're when you're well, you live in Haiti full time now. You're just visiting right now, but you oversee the school. The school. Which has 61 students. 61 students. And you also oversee the church. Friendship Baptist the church. of Haiti. And how many people attend there now? Uh, it's uh, 150. 150 mm. people in attendance. Mm. Yes. And we've been building the church for how many years now? Uh, I mean, uh, we started in uh, 2013. 13, so this is the fifth year. Fifth, yeah. Four, 13, 14, four, four. 15, 16, 17. Oh, yeah, you got to Five years like of building. I yeah. was doing math the other way, and I was like, four years. <laughs> yeah. Do we have pictures on the website? Of, of, uh, of Friendship uh, uh, Baptist uh, Haiti? Haiti, the school, and, 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 and uh, the church and stuff? I know we have stuff. a lot on our Facebook, uh, Facebook page. page. Yeah, so if any of our listeners want to go to uh, uh, Facebook and then check out Friendship Southern Baptist Church, you can find... A lot of pictures there, but we have yeah. Because I mean, anywhere they can go to see the pictures. Because yeah. what did you say, one hundred and fifty? Yeah, one hundred fifty people. That's, that's amazing. That's a for, big church. Yeah, well, that, that's was, a good size for for the church that they have down there. I think on our vision trip when we first went down there, there was probably thirty, mm-hmm. maybe thirty that met under a tent. Yeah, started. Yeah, to see, see here's was thirty five. Thirty five. Mm. Wow, it's not very big here, but this is uh, the top, the tent where they met and. We're having a little bit of internet trouble with this picture. But anyway, yeah, so on our Facebook. Now, if you go to our website and you go to, um, well, <laughs> if you go to resources, mm-hmm. I guess there's no, there's no connection to our Facebook page. I guess I need to fix that. But anyway, most people are on Facebook now. Just blame it on the IT guy. That's right. Did you say most people don't? Or are on are, Facebook. Are yeah. I was like, wow. I thought most people were on Facebook. Um, considering that our theme is missions, and what we equip to do, uh, seek to do is to equip the church to defend their faith mm. from, of course, a biblical worldview against arguments um, that seek to oppose the gospel of Jesus Christ. I wanted to share a story to kick us off that happened to me uh, Sunday. Uh, Andy, I don't think you've heard this. Andy, I think I did tell you. So uh, it was after church, and I was heading to lunch. And I pulled out at the stoplight up here at S&D Coffee. And I was sitting there, and I looked to my left, and there was a car with two young ladies in the front seat um, who, you know, they looked, they looked pretty contemporary. Um, purple hair, green hair, black lipstick, you know, kind of like the, I don't know if you call that the... Is that contemporary, or is that just... A little more 
uh, kind of kind of like, an emo kind yeah, of like emo gothic uh, hipster gothic, kind yeah, of thing. That's the word okay. I'm looking for. Gothic. So you know, and, and there's a lot of people into that stuff today. But anyway, so I'm looking over and and they got their music. They're just jamming. You know, we had a great church service, and so the thought occurs to me, man. I wonder. I wonder if anybody shared the gospel with these young ladies lately. And so I know that I've got some gospel tracks sitting beside me in the car. And I'm like, man, I should step out the car and just hand them a gospel track. And then I'm thinking, I'm going to look like a big weirdo if I get out of the car <laughs> at a stoplight to hand somebody something. Yeah, two young girls. Yes. Something. And you know, the, the ironic thing is, two or three <laughs> weeks ago, you said, don't... Or be a weirdo. Yeah, it's okay to be a weirdo for Jesus. Okay, okay. to be a yeah. weirdo. So, so I'm sitting the there thinking, I'm like, man, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna look really awkward, and all these people behind me, they're gonna be like, what is this guy doing, you know? So, but then I had this thought: since when have I been embarrassed about my Savior? Mm-hmm. Since when have I been embarrassed that Jesus Christ died for me? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know, it. It really doesn't matter if I look awkward. That's right. So I look over into them again, and they have dice hanging from the mirror, and their dice are black, but they have flames coming up from the bottom. Mm-hmm. And then the thought hit me. Am I more concerned about looking awkward, or, I'm, or am I more concerned about where they're going to spend eternity? Mm. Yes. And so whenever I had that thought, I said, you know what? Evangelism is about putting your own self aside mm, and being right. concerned for someone else yes. hearing the gospel. So I reached over, got a gospel tract, and I rolled down my window and said, excuse me. And they looked over, and I said, um, if I, I, I have something I would like you to read, if I give it to you, would you take a look at it? Mm-hmm. And the driver, she looks at me and she says, is it something about Jesus because I'm a Satanist. Mm. Wow. I mean, she mm. didn't skip a beat. Yeah. Mm. No. And at that point, the light turned green and they pulled away. Mm. Mm. And so I, 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 I believe that I know the Lord was prodding me to do something. And maybe just through that simple act of obedience that Maybe it spoke to them. Yes. Yeah. And mm-hmm. uh, that they, they knew I wanted to I wanted to witness to them. I wanted to share something with them. And I'm pretty sure that they, they could tell from the reaction on my face when they said, is it about Jesus? Because mm. I'm a Satanist. And I'm like, <laughs> wow. Mm. And then they pulled off. Mm. But I think that's the first time I've ever encountered someone who claimed to be a Satanist. Well, and you know the you know the amazing thing is, is that being in the Concord area, a majority of our listeners are from this area. Maybe they may share the Gospel Defenders episode. Maybe they may hear this and know your heart. Yeah, we never know how God may work. But I guess what I hear from that story is that so many times people think that they has to be, you know, got to hear the salvational story or mm-hmm. the person. Uh, receives Christ, and you know what? Every time you share the gospel, that's not going to be the case. Sometimes mm-hmm. you're going to have people say, "No, I'm this," and drive off. Right. Yes. So, 
It's okay. And that's, that, that's part of going and sharing okay. and you telling. Share, you share the gospel. Mm-hmm. Yes. And he said, if it's Jesus, I'm sad and it's so, you know, so he got, she got the message. Mm. Amen. Mm-hmm. Enoch, how many gospel tracts did you hand out last year in Haiti? Oh, 10,000. 10,000. Wow. So, so that's, that's one zero with three zeros after that. Exactly. 10,000 tracks. gospel tracts yes. in Haiti. Yes. Now, now, do you try to make um, a conversation with each one of these tracks, try to open the door? It's, it's going to school, going to hospital, going to jail, going in the street, going in the market. It's, it's going everywhere. So that's how we pass on the tracks. That's amazing. So you look Matter- for an opportunity and you give. Yes. Matter of fact, Robert, yesterday I picked up some more tracks um, by Vody Balkum. Okay. It's one of my favorite ones right now. Uh, what's the title of it? Do you know? Um, Life's Most Important Question. Mm. Mm. And so Vody Balkum's a really trusted pastor who uh, we, we like listening to here. He's one of my favorites. Yep. And, um, but... Yeah, a lot of good things. To, so, Enoch, thank you for your example. Not, I mean, uh, thank you for your faithfulness, but also thank you for your example to other Christians and to other pastors. Um, I think a lot of times, speaking for myself, pastors get down, they get bogged down in the, the, the day-to-day uh, logistical work mm-hmm. of, you know, caring for the sheep, and we forget that we're also, as Paul told Timothy, do the work of the evangelist. Mm. So today we want to talk about missions and missions with regards to the specific culture. Um, Robert, why don't you kick us off? Uh, let's let's start. Where are you at, Matthew? Yeah, have let's Matthew let's start in Matthew, up. and let's let's see the instruction that Jesus gives to us as disciples. Okay, so this is when Jesus is. Um, this is Matthew twenty-eight. This is when Jesus is coming to his disciples, and <clears throat> verse eighteen he says, "And Jesus came and said to them, All authority." In heaven and on earth have been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. So we refer to this as the Great Commission. Yes. This is the great instruction of the church. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, if we could break that down one more time, it says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. Now, I don't know if our listeners have ever heard or Pastor Enoch has ever heard, but I've heard a lot of sermons that have said that this word go in the Greek is an ongoing v- verb. It means as you are going. Mm-hmm. And I've heard sermons that talk about, you know, missions is not just what you do on the mission field. It is what you do every day Hmm. as you are going. And sometimes I, uh, I think that can be interpreted as you don't have to actually go to the mission field in order to spread the gospel. Mm, and so okay. some people use that as an excuse to say, well, it means as you are going, wherever you're going, you know, as you are going to work, as you are going to the ball field, as you are going to, 
vacation or whatever. And I agree with all those things. I think our life should always reflect evangelism wherever we are. But here's the deal. The Great Commission is not stay. Mm. The Great Commission was never stay and share. Mm. The Great Commission was go and share. Share. And specifically, in Matthew 28, 19, it says, Go and make disciples of all Mm. nations. Now, many people have examined this word go to say that it's an active, ongoing thing. It means as you are going. But we can also examine this word all. And in the Greek, that word, that word is panta. Okay, so tell, yeah. tell our listeners a good tool to use to be able to find out the Greek word, the meaning. <coughs> well, you know, if I'm just a guy sitting at the house wanting to know what it means to go. Sure, sure. So one of my favorite tools is biblehub.com. So that's biblehub.com. And when you go there, you're going to type in your scripture reference, and and it immediately pulls up um, roughly 20 uh, different translations, which you you can compare. And then in the um, toolbar, you're going to see some tools, parallel, sermons, topics, strongs, concordance, comments, interlinear Greek. If you click click on Greek... It's going to show you every Greek word that is there. And when we look at this word all, panta, it means every kind or the whole. So when he says, make disciples of all nations, he literally means every single nation. Wow. So going involves a point A and a point B. And if you think about the disciples, you know, as they were, if they were going to um, Europe or, or Asia or something, they're going to be traveling to Asia, but all along the route, mm-hmm. they're going to be sharing the gospel. So in that context, <clears throat> it's not as they were going about their daily life. It's as they were going to another place where the gospel is going to be preached. Wow. So, you know, we have to understand that as Christians, we, we are called to be about the business of going. Right. Now for not everyone can can be a full-time missionary. Andy, is it your parents that mm-hmm. are missionaries? Mm-hmm. Romania? Romania, yeah. And how how many years they've been over there? Oh gosh. I can 93? 93 years. 92. No, since since 92. <laughs> well, since 92. Wow. I was going to be like 93. What, what are they 107? That's like, amazing. I'm really bad at math. Why would <laughs> yeah. you do that to me? Now, have you ever been to Romania? Uh, twice. Yeah, I went over there once on a summer trip mm-hmm. and then once again on a winter trip that they did. And are they serving with the International Mission Board or are they with an independent organization or something? I honestly do not know. <coughs> well, that's great, man. We're glad they're over there sharing the gospel in Romania. Um, uh, Robert, who, who's, yeah, go ahead. Who's the, um, the pastor or preacher, or where I'm getting this quote from, that says there's three kind of Christians. There's goers, there's senders, and there's disobedient. You know the quote I'm thinking of? Well, here, here uh, let me give you, did I say it wrong? No, no, you're right. You're right. And, and um, I'm going to say that's John Piper. Okay. Because he said, you're, you either go, send, or disobey. Oh, go, send, or disobey. Okay. Now, uh, Charles Spurgeon said there's only two types of Christians. Missionaries and fakes. Fakes. Mm. <laughs> so, you know. That gets even deeper. Yeah, John Piper, he's a little more smooth when he puts it out. <laughs> 
Charles Spurgeon. Just pops um, you right in the mouth. Yeah. 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 Straight up throat punch. You're either a missionary or you're a liar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> True. So so here here's our this is what we're trying to say today. Um we all need to be about the business of making disciples, but also we need to be about the business of going. And I, and I do agree with what John Piper's saying. You're either going or you're sending. Yes. Every Christian needs to be about going or sending, or we're disobedient because we're not supporting the Great Commission. The other verse that I want to look at was Mark sixteen fifteen, which I think is even more clear because he says, go into all the world. Now, you know, you can look at this verb go and say whatever you want it to mean, but what is the object of that go, which is into all the world? Mm. I know, Robert, you've been where? Ukraine? Been to Ukraine, been Haiti three times. Haiti. Uh, Rochester, New York twice. New York. Um, Indiana. Ohio. Ohio, Cleveland, Ohio. Going to Chicago. Going to Chicago, be taking the youth to Myrtle Beach. Myrtle Here, Beach. Here's a good one. I know, like, when you when you think, and I know that probably some listeners like, Myrtle Beach. Why in the world are you going to Myrtle Beach? That's like a resort. Mm, that's you know. the capitalist, capital of godless heathenism. <laughs> but it's probably, I, I don't know the statistics right off the top of my head, but um, one of the largest tourist attractions on the East Coast. Mm-hmm. Like 14 million people in the summertime, or 14 million people every year, come to Myrtle Beach. And then imagine out of that 14 million don't know Christ as Savior. Mm-hmm. So that's why we're going there to evangelize, to share the gospel as people come in. So, Amen. you know, some people are going to be called to go to the sandy beaches. Other people are going to be called to go to Romania. So, but the thing is, you're going. Mm-hmm. Amen. Um, so Enoch's here with us today, and we want Enoch to help us understand how important it is to understand the culture that you're going into. Mm-hmm. Now, when you look through the New Testament, especially in the book of Acts, a lot of times you're going to see the apostles, especially Apostle Paul, engaging the culture. There's several times where Apostle Paul quoted pagan poets, uh, and he quoted that in his sermons. Mm-hmm. Other times he would uh, reference um, the false gods that they were worshiping. I do think there's much value in understanding the background and the worldview of the people you're witnessing to. And so we've been in Haiti ministering there for uh, several years. And one of the major influences in the worldview, uh, worldview of Haiti is voodoo. So, Enoch, why don't you spend a few minutes telling us when we say voodoo, we don't mean that people are, you know, in their backyard conjuring up some spirit in a campfire. No, it's more subtle than that. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's a way of life in Haiti. So tell us some of the things that you've been mentioning about. Like, like one time we were riding down the street and we saw, well, actually we literally did see a spell. We saw a soccer jersey with a broken broom and some pieces of food and it looked like uh, some ashes, mm-hmm. and you said that they were trying to make a curse, curse yes. on the other opposing soccer team. Mm-hmm. Now, that was a very obvious symbol of voodoo, but what are some of the very more common, more subtle things in the voodoo culture? 
before before I answer the, the question, I would like just to uh, bring to you where we get that voodoo, yes. where, where we get that from. And uh, remember that Haitian people, uh, we, we were colonized by France and by Spain. Yes. Most of the time, we have been with the French people. So uh, we, we, were, we were slave and uh, mistreat uh, before uh, the Indians live in Haiti. And uh, what happened when uh, Christopher Columbus discovered Haiti and uh, he killed all the Indians and took all the golds and all things, spices and things, and he took them to Spain. Mm. Then friends wanted to occupy the land and friends bring his troops to Haiti and they just stay there. And to produce and, uh, you know, make the Haitian culture, like to produce the land. And they were, they going back to Africa and they buy people from Africa to come to Haiti and to work. And that's how the French people, they uh, colonize uh, Haiti. So uh, the slavery was there and we were occupied by France. Since then, you know, uh, from Africa, we have a lot of uh, tribe. So we are not, we may be black, but we are not the same tribe. Hmm. Different, some different, different, tri different tribes, yes. Different tribes. So, so let, me, let me ask this question. Mm -hmm. You said they killed the Indians. Yeah. The Indians that were there were the indigenous people. Yes. These were not necessarily black people. They were not black. They were more like uh, Caribbean. Caribbean, yes. So the, the black population that now populates Haiti is the product from Africa, French and Spanish bringing slaves. Yes. And those slaves came from Africa from different tribes. Yes. Okay, I just want to make sure I understood and our listeners understood. Okay. So um, the, the, the voodoo mindset come from the different tribes. Like when we, when we were in Africa and we, we think differently, we do things differently, and when we come to Haiti and we operate the same way, like voodoo for African is a religion. It's not just uh, our custom. It's not some habit. It's just a religion. A religion. So a religion. Yeah. Everyone, if you are in Haiti, before you know Christ, you were in that religion, voodoo, which means you, you do think differently. Like if you are going out and if you hit your uh, your right foot, you say, yes, I am going there and I, and I will be okay. If you hit your left foot, you say, no, I'm not going nowhere because it's not, nothing going to happen to me. Mm. And uh, if uh, uh, forever, you know, when you see the, the stars and sometimes there is eclipse and uh, you see how one star can just roll and go to somewhere else. 
everywhere or every now and then you see one stars people think a star and Haiti this is a belief they think a star can just fall down this is not this is not scientifically good because we know that a star is bigger than the earth so but they think they believe think whenever a star come down which means somebody died Oh, oh! You mean when we see a shooting star? Shooting stars. Yes. Oh, they think that means someone's di- d- someone has died. died. Someone oh. died. See, I was thinking also, kind of like the uh, what's all the different signs? Which this isn't oh, voodoo. Oh, the uh, zodiac. The zodiac signs yeah, and like stuff like Aries, that, and how people look to the stars and stuff. But then when he talked about the like, end, well, that's that's probably where a lot of that originates from. Like they believe in zombie. Like when you die, your your body can. Stay in the grave, and your spirit can still alive. And don't keep. they have a day of celebration for that called the Day of the Dead? It's uh, November first. What's the what do they call that? Uh, the, uh, day of the Dead. That's and they they have like mm. a big parade oh, and big things. Oh, and you say to, it's November first. November first. What does that remind you of? So it's very Halloween. much related Halloween. to All Halloween. Souls Day. Wow. Yeah, November first, and uh, but have, but in in their culture, they think the dead are actually communicating, right? Yes, like the dead communicate on mm. that day, and which is where you know if we look back to the roots of uh, all All Hallows Eve, yeah, and All Saints Day, it's kind of the same thing. True. Mm. Yes, and uh, the, the the funny thing is when somebody die, the thing. They're gonna take the dead body and use him. Like a witch, a witch doctor can take the dead body and make him alive and walk him in the field. So, like a literally a witch mm. doctor. Yes, that's what yes. he's called. They, 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 they believe in that. And uh, this is uh, normally what we believe. Uh, it's it's everyone. It's not somebody. Even though you don't, you know, really do it, but you know it's there. Like, um, if I dream, I remember one of my cousins, he dreamed that he he died. He dreamed, and a dream, he he, consens- he consciously know that he died. Hmm. And he spent all the day in bed from uh, somebody needs him. And somebody knocked the door at 2 p.m. And without him call, knock the door, he would be staying bad forever because he thought that he died because of this belief. Wow. And, and he was staying there. And that person needs him. Knock, 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 knock the door. Then he, he said, oh, who called me? And he said, you know what? I'm not in my own body. It's like I'm dying. You see, you know, so he just stay in the bed for, for, for a long period of time. <laughs> so so well, he, was, he was laying in bed because he thought he was dead. Dead, yes. Wow. Hmm. Uh, okay, so you hear all these different ones. How many similarities in your mind right now are you thinking that we have in America right now that is very similar to the voodoo? Oh, yeah, so many superstitions. Oh, man. Like, let me give you an example. For example, um, some people believe that if you bury a statue of a saint in your yard, it will make your house sell. Mm. So I actually had someone tell me when we were trying to sell one of our houses one time, 
when we were moving, and it wouldn't sell. They were like, well, you need to get a statue of Saint so-and-so and bury in your front yard. And I looked at them, and I said, that's witchcraft. That's right. Mm-hmm. Witchcraft is thinking that a natural object will influence a, uh, a supernatural reality. Mm-hmm. That is the, 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 really the root of voodoo and all paganism. Yeah. Superstitions. What are you thinking about? Well, I mean, I, I remember ones I used to do as a kid uh, before I became a believer. And then I'll tell you what I do to people now who do superstitious stuff. Um, but when I was a kid... Playing baseball, I saw all the pros do it. I would do the cross across my chest, mm-hmm. and then I would pat myself twice on the heart. Mm. Like, and if I didn't do that, then I wasn't going to get a hit. Mm. In my head, that's what I thought. Mm. And so I would always do that before I get up to bat. I would do the whole cross and pat myself on the heart, and I'd be like, oh, this is, you know, my conversation to God. And, mm-hmm. you know, which I didn't know the gospel. I didn't know mm. what true salvation was. But how many kids and how many parents have kids who do superstitious Acts that is like. Let me blow your mind now. You ready? Okay, go ahead. You ever see people that like buy these certain gemstones that will influence them? Mm-hmm. Like you can wear this green gemstone to attract finances. You can wear this red gemstone to attract love, or oh, you know, yeah. yellow to attract wisdom. Well, so what is all these things like in voodoo? You think you're influencing your your destiny? Okay. Yeah. This is the root of the prosperity gospel, mm. which says, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If, you will, if you will just give your seed to God, then God is going to supernaturally bless you. So what does God come? What does what what your tithe become? It becomes a bunny, bunny rabbit foot. It becomes a lucky charm. It becomes like a... Well, and that's why when I was a kid, I would do the cross yeah. because in the movies, most movies portray, they didn't do true Christianity. They usually yeah. did uh, Catholicism or something like that. And so I thought, well, if I don't do the cross across my chest and then pat myself on the heart, mm-hmm. I'm not going to get a hit. Mm-hmm. And more times than not, I didn't get a hit regardless. So right. obviously you can see that that didn't work. Yeah. But that's why, like, you know, you got the foul line. Mm-hmm. People are like, oh, you can't step on the foul line or something bad will happen to the team. Yep. Oh, you, you, you remember you gotta, when we were little? Step on a crack, break your mother's back. Mm. Here's one. So after becoming a believer and seeing all this uh, is nonsense, there was a guy at work. He was very superstitious. Several different things. You ever heard the one about the pocket knife? So. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, if you open the pocket knife, you got to be the one to close it. Like if someone, if I give you my pocket knife and I give it to you closed. You better right. give it back close. Yes. Give it. Or it's yes. bad luck. It's like, yes. I don't know what, seven years bad luck or yes. I don't know whatever it is. It's breaking a mirror. So yes. I would purposely, even though I had a pocket knife in my pocket, I knew how superstitious he was. I said, <laughs> hey, you got a knife I could borrow? And he would do it every single time. He'd give me his knife. He would open it up, give it to me. So I would purposely close it and give it back. He's like, I can't take it. I was like, what do you mean? Is this a guy at work? Oh, yeah, it was a guy at work. So I'd mess with him all the time. Yeah. So then when I would ask. He would give it to me closed, and mm-hmm. then I would open it, and I'd give, give it back, back. open, yeah. and he would leave it on the floor. Yeah. I said, pick, I won't say his name, but I was like, pick it up. Yeah. It's, it's not going to do nothing. He's like, you got to close it. I can't use it. I'll throw it away. Wow. That's how crazy it is. Wow. Mm. Mm. So I remember um, it used to be real, real popular, but people would wear these little necklaces uh, with St. Christopher. Hmm. And it, the, it believes if you wear this ne- necklace that St. Christopher will protect you. And I actually used to wear one in middle school because I thought I was protected. 
Hmm. Um, also, people will put um, things like you'll see they'll hang a St. Christopher from their rear view mirror. Yeah. Or they'll, they'll have like a statue of a saint on their car because they believe it will protect them in their travels. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wow. All of that is the product of paganism. Mm, yes. Which is the, the same thing as voodoo. Voodoo, yes. What about you, Andy? You got any that come to mind? Uh, the biggest one is Noah, when he played football, like would refuse to wash certain items as long as he was winning. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I, oh, I was so, so proud for a I bet loss. it was socks. Like, he had, I, he had these like, sleeves and then like his oh, gloves and stuff. Oh, man. And, Whatever was Under Armour, <laughs> oh. it was. Oh man, I was like, please let him lose. Mm. <laughs> it's like I've never cheered now, against my kid well, until I know, smelt his gym. You know what? They're winning. It's because they smell horrible. That's because no other team will <laughs> want to tackle them. So. If you watch baseball players on TV, yeah, they have so many rituals. So oh many. yeah, they're the worst. I mean, baseball is absolutely the worst for rituals. Yes, yes. and and I know that you know there's habits. Like when I when I used to uh, play baseball. I would tap my bat on the plate yep. three mm-hmm. times, and I had to do it every time. I had the same routine yep. when, I, when I played basketball, when you're shooting a free throw. Yep. You had to do it so same, same amount of dribbles, so spin I guess the ball. That's, that's what yep. you got to make is the difference between, like, if you're doing a routine or whatever, like, people have little, you know, even when you get up to, to hit a golf ball. Right. You mm-hmm. have, you know, it lines you up. Certain things you do line up. Yeah. It's making sure that it's not an idle, that you're not putting more emphasis in the yep. A material thing, mm-hmm. and ultimately worshiping it. Yep. So, Enoch, I wanted to tell this story about this last trip, but you have something before. Yes, and uh, I have heard what you say. Again, paganism is about what they are doing, but Christianity is about uh, what God is doing in us. Yes, Amen. it's not is. our effort. Is yes. God's effort? It's mm. God thing in us. Yes, mm. and uh, Martin Lloyd said. Is not us take up Christianity. Is Christianity take us up? Mm. So uh, it's not our effort. It's God's effort in us. I love that. Martin Lloyd-Jones right there. That's good. Nice quote. That's good. Well, you know, every time that something like that would happen, I would, even like that guy at work with the knife, I would go into the gospel afterwards. Every single time we'd talk about it, be like, look, Mm -hmm. you don't have to worry about this stuff. Just Mm because if something bad happens or good happens, it's not whether you open or close a knife. Right. No, this is what it means to believe in Jesus Christ, that he is the sovereign king of the universe. So. Mm-hmm. That's good. So this is a true story. Uh, one of our students who attend the school in Haiti, mm-hmm. um, their father passed away. And so when we went down to, uh, on our last mission trip, we sat down with the mother, and we wanted to find out what happened to the father. Mm-hmm. So the mother said that the the father got a well heard about a job as a mason, mm-hmm. and he showed up to the job, but someone else say, well, another man already was hired. Another man already was hired. Now what Enix said is that if a man already was hired, then it is bad voodoo to take his job. Yes. So he should have said, okay, another man was hired. Uh, I'm not going to work here. I'm just going to go. But instead, he worked. He worked. And finally, this other man showed up. 
Um, maybe he couldn't make it that day or something, but he showed up at the end of the day and basically said, why did you work my job if you know that I'm supposed to be here? Mm-hmm. I'm supposed to be the one doing this. And this other man put a curse on him. Yes. Okay, so the one who worked put the, a... No, the one no, who... The, the one, one who, who had the job originally. Okay, so the one who didn't work. Correct. The one who showed up later who was going to be the, the one that was officially hired. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He showed up and put a curse on the boy's father. When the boy's father got home that evening, he told the mother that his chest was hurting him really bad and that he needed to go lay down. He never woke up. He died. Yes. Mm. And so I'm sitting there hearing the mother tell this story. So this is a young man. I mean, he's like 30 years old. Mm-hmm. You know, he's like 30 years old, goes and works, and this man says he puts a curse on him. But he told his wife once he got home, or he told the mother once he got home, that man put a curse on me. Yes. And he passed away that night. And so I asked Enoch, I was like, you know, I need, I need you to tell me about this voodoo. Yeah. How often do things like this happen down here? And so we had a discussion with our mission team of, is voodoo real? Does this stuff actually happen? And one thing we know about as Christians is that the spiritual realm, the evil realm, is real. Mm-hmm. That's right. And the evil realm is operational. Now, as Christians... We believe that because we've been covered with the blood of Jesus Christ. That's right. Amen. That Amen. the devil does not have dominion over us. And the demons do not have dominion over us. We're bought by Christ. Amen. That's right. But for someone who lives in a voodoo culture who does not have the gospel, they do not know that there is any victory over voodoo. Hmm. And so for this man to believe a curse was put on him, he is subjecting himself to the evil forces, mm-hmm. you to know, the evil realm, yeah. Um, which, so you, you know, and and there's many other stories that we've heard down there of things like that happening. <clears throat> but it just shows you the great, great need for the gospel. You know, not just the gospel doesn't just redeem us from our sin. It redeems us from the realities of the supernatural um, evil that we're subject to without yes. Christ. Oh, yes. Yeah. You know? So, any, what, are, what are some other things you can think about when... Do you, do you have a lot of opposition in sharing the gospel to people who are a part of voodoo? Uh, especially for the witch doctors, because they normally know when you... Uh, Sharing the gospel, mm-hmm. you are trying to, you know, break break the the power. The, the power. So mm. they like, you know, try to be offensive to you. The, but uh, the only way we can, you know, reach them is to uh, visit them, yeah, and convince them, confront them, like. Mm. Not going to just say you are a witch doctor. We don't want you here. We don't want to listen to you. So we, we try to socialize with them and, mm-hmm. you know, shake hands with them, sit down with them, talk <coughs> to them. And I remember once uh, when I was at the seminary, 
they they given that we had to do a homework about uh, you know different meanings of God. Mm-hmm. People, you know, when you are Catholic, you have a meaning for God. When you are Christian, you have a meaning for God. When you are a witch doctor, you you have a name. Oh, so okay. we wanted okay. to have uh, different meanings. Yes, and uh, we went to I went to a witch doctor. Yes, so went as a student to know what what he think about that, and he said to me. Um, they call their God uh, Great Master. Mm. The Great Master. In Voodoo? In Voodoo. Mm. Great Master, which means the one who is control uh, the Voodoo, uh, the, uh, um, I mean, uh, this, uh, the, 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 the chief, the silent chief. I mean, the, the one who is responsible for all the other one. Yes. And um, he said to me, I wouldn't want to quit that. But the thing is, if I quit, I don't have any job and I don't have anything to do. Because he's a witch doctor? A witch doctor. He said, I would, I would quit, but mm. I can't quit, you know, because I take care of my children. I Pe- take care of like my people, wife. How do they make a living? People come to them and want like yeah, a spell or something? Come, people come to them when people, if they want job, when they are sick, when mm. they have problem. They just come to a witch doctor. Mm. And, you know, the witch doctor has a bad spirit and, and you know, you know how to call the bad spirit to come mm. on him. And at that time, he what he's possess he's possessed with a, a bad spirit, mm. and he just uh, you know uh, there is what you call uh, cards, it tarot is, cards, tarot cards, and to explain to that person what he's going through, mm-hmm. and he said to that person how much that person has to pay so that he can treat the mm-hmm. thing that he has. So that's how they make money, you know. So in America, we call those life coach. Okay. They make money. <laughs> but no, you, you think about that real quick. He just said the tarot cards, right? Mm-hmm. How many people in America probably go to fortune tellers or tarot card readers? Mm-hmm. I mean, we hear the word voodoo, and everybody's like, oh, I don't partake in that. I don't do that. Right. But you go, I to, mean, a, you go to a psychic. Psychic, yeah. palm reader, palm reader, tarot card reader. Uh, open. I don't even know if they have TV Guide anymore, but I remember... Reading the TV guide as a kid, what was in there? You mm-hmm. had the uh, the zodiac signs. Mm-hmm. Oh, what does Capricorn say today? Or what does the uh, I don't know any others. I was Capricorn, so <laughs> I didn't know. But but you know what I'm saying? People put so much emphasis and faith and trust in that, wanting to know their future. And it's it's rooted in a belief that the natural world um, is influence. The natural world can influence the spiritual world. Mm. So if I can do something to the natural world then it will change my spiritual world. It will bring, you know, love, or it will bring finances or something like that. That's like putting complete faith in a fortune cookie. Yeah. Correct. And what it, what does that all underline, or what is the, the whole thing? It's all demonic. Mm-hmm. It's all demonic. It's like Enoch says. Yes. When they're talking about the, uh, the great master, which we know that he is not, that he is a created being, that he is well, still under the rule and reign of God Almighty. I mean, so the Bible says that that Satan's the prince of the air. Yes, so the prince yes. of the power of the air. Yes, and and he think. I mean, he's the chief of the demons. Yes, and he's the chief of the voodoo. He's the chief of the uh, the witch doctors, um, the chief of the Satanists. And if have you ever have you ever read what's in the Satanic Bible? Mm, no. Okay, the Satanic Bible. Here's what Satanism says. Have whatever you want. Mm-hmm. That's how that. that's how yeah. you worship Satan. You worship Satan, or it's a do thy wilt, isn't it, or something like that. 
Well, well, the, the, the goal yeah, of it, the goal of it is to seek whatever your heart desires. Yeah. That is the goal of Satanism. So the way you worship Satan is by pursuing all your own desires, hmm. which is the root of pleasing the flesh. And which is the root of every uh, false religion out there. Hinduism, uh, you name it, Buddhism, all mm-hmm. of it goes back to doing the, the heart's desire, doing your will, trying to... All right, check this out now. Now that we've talked about voodoo for a minute, you know, I don't know if we've spent time on gospel defenders talking about yoga, but here here we say that in voodoo, you want a natural object to influence the supernatural. So that's where you get a voodoo doll from. I mean, here a doll is a representation of a person, and you think by doing something to this doll, it will put a curse on the person. Mm. Same thing with a soccer jersey. They use a soccer jersey, and they cast a spell on it, think it'll put a curse on the team. All right, in yoga... They believe that assuming the natural forms aligns oneself with the um, um, metaphysical, the mystical universe, so that by becoming the tree or the lotus or the the downward downward dog dog or the rising sun, by becoming those things, you are becoming one with the universe. That is where yoga yoga is rooted in. Wow. Really? I just thought it was exercise. Seriously? Yeah, I didn't know anything about yoga. Dude, it is it is Hindu worship. I mean, I knew that they had like names for their poses yeah. and things like no, that. I no, just figured that's what they called them. You know, so, many Christians do not know that. I mean, I've had correct. tons yeah. of conversations with people who were like, oh, I just, yoga. Oh, okay, <clears throat> you can stretch, but sure. don't call it yoga. Right. <laughs> you want to yeah, touch your toes, yeah. stretch out your hamstring, yeah. but don't call it the downward dog yoga pose. Yeah, because in in Hinduism, the way you uh, the goal of Hinduism is to achieve oneness with the universe. Yeah. How do you do that? You do that through different mystical practices that align mm. your soul with the soul of the universe. And one of those practices is yoga. That is a form of Hindu worship to achieve enlightenment. Mm. So. You know, it's it's the same thing, the same thing as voodoo, because it's believing that the natural movements influence supernatural realities. Right. And if I can become one with myself, my life will be better. Mm. But now for the believer, a believer can stretch. Oh, I stretch every day. (laughs) We know that we know that those guys don't exist. We know stretch my hamstrings. Exactly. So I don't pull a hammy. A hammy. Yeah. A hammy. But, I mean, we, we know that those are false gods. They do not exist. It's kind of like how Paul addressed the, um, I think it was in Romans, when it was talking about the different meats, and some had been worshipped to, uh, or some had been sacrificed or offered to false gods. Right. Paul says... Romans 14. Yeah, Romans 14. Eat the meat. Yep. Those gods do not exist. He's yep. like, I'm going to eat that, I don't know what it was, lamb chop. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't exist. He said, now don't make your brother in the faith stumble if he's having an issue with it you know y'all work that out but yeah so if somebody's really protesting yoga for what they believe then don't do yoga but otherwise stretch all you want yeah yeah and and i would say for the christian they need to understand what the background of yoga is yeah i had no idea and you know it's like people call it christian yoga well that's like saying Christian voodoo. Yeah. You can't you can't make Christian voodoo Christian. Hinduism. You yeah. can't make yoga Christian because it is opposite of the gospel. So um and Oh, did you hear about the Buddhist at the hot dog stand? No. no. He he wanted one with everything. Oh. <laughs> 
I'm sorry, Carrie. That was, that That's was, good. That is what? good. Gospel Defenders audience, we apologize for that. That is a disclaimer. <laughs> that was the worst joke in history. All right, I'm going I'm to top, top that. <laughs> you ready? All right, go ahead. Okay, so you know who uh, um, Siddhartha Gautama was. He was the Buddha. Right? Okay. No, I, I can't think if I'm talking about... No, let me talk about Gandhi. Let me talk about Mahatma Gandhi. Okay. You've got a little accent when you said that. Maganda. He was, um, <laughs> you know, the, the, the Hindus and the Buddhists, they don't eat meat because right. they believe that the, the animals have souls. It's mm-hmm. Aunt so Luann. Because, because they don't eat protein, then they're, they become very frail, very uh, withered, very weak. Um, and also, a lot of them don't wear shoes because they believe you need to be connected to the earth's energy, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? And because of that, you know, their feet will get really calloused. Um, so they're, they're, they're weak, they're, they're calloused, and, and they believe that all the natural realm influences the supernatural realm. Um, and, and then with their, you know, weird monk aesthetic practices, they're normally homeless, they're not in bathrooms, so they don't have very good hygiene, you know, mm-hmm. they have bad breath. So you know what that makes uh, Gandhi? A super fragile, callous mystic vexed with halitosis. <laughs> you know. Good night. <laughs> super fragile, callous mystic vexed with halitosis. I'm going to be wow. honest with you. I, I was, at first, when you were telling this long, drawn-out story, I was like, and I mean that very nicely. Um, I was like, oh. He's not telling a joke. He's actually telling us a little more history about it. And then it's a set up to the joke. Oh, and, set up no, to the joke. That was it. That was way, it. To, way to bring that back. I mean, that was good. So good I, stuff. I was thinking, he's not going joke right now. Now he's getting yeah. serious again. Yeah. Oh, there it was. Super so, Califrician, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. yeah. So the hot dog vendor says, what will you have? And he says, make me one with everything. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's it. That's, That's, it. It. That's it. Make me one. All right. Well, listen, Enoch, we appreciate your time <laughs> with us today. Um, man, we pray for you in your ministry in Haiti, and especially that we hear about the reality of voodoo and the culture and how people are just, they're uninformed. They're uninformed about the power of the gospel to free them from a life of, you know, if you believe, man, without voodoo, I can't support my family. You don't understand the power of Jesus Christ. Yes. Mm. You know, I mean, you're the, you're the perfect picture yes. of, a, of a, a man surrendered to Christ, serving him, and serving his family, serving the church, uh, and, and serving his community. Yes. And see how God has, uh, has blessed. And we're, we're thankful for you. Uh, we, we know our listeners will be thankful for all the information you provided as well. So, Amen. Uh, Gospel Defenders Radio, we appreciate you tuning in with us today for episode 14. Till next time, God bless. We'll see you again. Well, we did, we did not mean to... Uh to mislead or to trick anybody. Uh, but, but I know that most of you here who have seen us in concert before know that when you came here tonight, you thought you were coming to a third day show, but hopefully you're coming to so much more than that. When you come here tonight and we all gather together in the name of Jesus, we're going to have a church service here tonight, y'all. And it begins with praise to our Father. Your love, oh Lord, reaches to the heavens. 
faithfulness stretches to the sky. 